it's not that whether or not you can hear me, it's whether or not this can hear me. Because uh, what we're doing is we're reading fan fiction. Oh, what my show is is now called Fan Fiction Playhouse. If you used to listen to Pretentious Internet Theater, it is effectively the same show. It's hosted by the same person, just doing a different character. Um, how it started was I did an, episode, an April Fool's episode at someone's suggestion where I said, my character's great... Sorry, hold on. That's not how he does it. It's my, my character's great-grandfather had a show where he read, he read fan fiction, um, and he, people sent it by telegram, and it was much more difficult. So it took place in the 1930s, and then um, I did that 1930s character, and it was like one of my highest-rated episodes at the time. And so people just wrote in and asked when I was going to bring that back, and I was like, it was an April Fool's Day joke. But for for because it got higher ratings and because people liked the character more, I brought it in as a permanent fixture of the show. Uh, ironically, for the April Fool's episode, I had the previous host, uh, pretending to be in that theater, my character Andrew Cook, uh, is now trapped in the 1930s for some reason. And you may have also seen that in the uh, viewing room. Anyway, what we'll be doing is we'll be reading fan fiction. And, and this host does not live in Ivory Tower in order to discriminate against the Naruto people. But I see you have two tails. Okay, we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, what I'm doing is I play a character in which I read finest literature on the internet, fan fiction. I have a series of fan fictions that I have chosen here that you may read. Some of them a little longer than others. Some of them are mercifully short. Uh, what we're going to do then is we're going to take it and put it on as soon as I'm done recording it and mastering it and making sure that certain edits need to be made. I'm going to put it up live on my website, fanfixshow.com, probably hopefully by Wednesday. Then it's going to go on iTunes and Stitcher. But, of course, um, I can explain this to you. And you can email me at fanfixshow at gmail.com, as I mentioned in so many episodes. Unfortunately, the person who is the character who I'm playing does not understand quite how email works and is still expecting telegrams from you, uh, which is unfortunate because Western Union stopped sending those in 2009. <clears throat> so, welcome everybody here to a fine episode of Fan Fiction Playhouse. I've never actually been to one of these science fiction conventions here at Megacon, but I can see the crowd is dead and not really uh, confused as to what was going on. My grand great-grandson managed to hook this up for me. Is anyone, is anyone here in the audience ready to hear and read some fan fiction? Yes! This place is ecstatic. I'm going to drink some water here. It's look like that Marco Rubio guy. Because he, he drank the water during the... That reference a little over your heads? Okay, there's... um. I just came back from the Homestuck panel, actually, true story. I uh, just came back from the Homestuck panel, and uh, I told them that uh, I found out Betty Crocker was a sponsor, and then I took a bucket and put it in the middle of the room, and for some reason they were all very mad at me. And then somebody said I did all the wrong things, which when you think about it, no, I did not. So, <clears throat> we have some great fan fictions. See you later. We have some great fan fictions for you here. Uh, I will start first. Because I know I can get you understanding as to how this goes. Um, the first story I'm going to read is a Dragon Ball Z story, uh, which we did not have back in my day. Uh, it is called Breaking a Few Eggs. <clears throat> 
Oh, and, uh, and I'll get the author's name and put it in. Come on, please. The beautiful scientist clasped her hands in front of her, eyes blue, blue eyes wide and pitiful as she looked up at her husband, given her husband's height, yet constant need to feel superior. Bulma had taken painstaking measures to match the art of looking her, making herself look small when trying to get her way with him. Absolutely not. Do not ask me that again, woman. The Saiyan growled. I'm not doing the voice. The Saiyan growled, face red and teeth bared. But Vegeta, it will be fun, she continued, taking his head and holding it to her heart, dangerously close to her left breast, which she happened to know was the favorite of the two. Fun? My birthright is not a toy, you idiotic. Grr. He grinched as he took his hand back, a red shade of his face in a... This is my favorite part of the show, actually. Anyway, the red shade of her face deepening, an ability to articulate an appropriate insult, failing with a sight and feel of her chest. It's absolutely out of the question. How could you want such a thing? Bulma grinned mischievously. <laughs> Hands straighter and leaning closer. I've never been with a blonde, she said smoothly, her face, her voice like honey. Vulgar woman, Vegeta shot, crossing his arms and backing away from her. Have you learned nothing about the importance of the legendary... Oh, nothing. I don't even know what it is. It's not like being a freaking Super Saiyan's all you ever talk about, ever. Bulma replied sarcastically, crossing her own arms in perfect likeness to her alien husband. This tactic was getting her nowhere, she realized. Suddenly, the genetic seduction was enough. The generic seduction was enough, but she would have to change her strategy. Come on, Prince of All Saiyans, she tried again, uncrossing her arms and slinking them around Vegeta's neck. You can achieve the legendary form of Super Saiyan. All of your enemies you faced have had the honor of battling the strongest warrior in the entire universe. I just want my crack at him. <laughs> she said, whispering the last bit, nibbling on his lobe. I want to be awed by your power. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, that's a little long. We're gonna we're gonna cut this. I'm so terribly sorry to the author. We're gonna cut this a bit short. Without warning, Bulma began to chuckle, then outright laughed, only adding to Vegeta's great annoyance. What is it that's so funny? My life, that's all. The blue-haired woman replied, rubbing a tear from her eye. Just my life. Now come on, I'm hot and bothered by your omelet analogy. She said, turning towards their bedroom and bidding him to follow with outstretched finger. Your regular form will have to do. The strayin' prince huffed and uncrossed his arms and followed his wife, eyes lingering on her breast, particularly the left one. The end. <laughs> Isn't that great literature that you can see here at Fan Fiction Playhouse? It is one of the best... Where's my mouse? There it is. There's one of the best fan fictions there is. What? I actually have found the game. It's right here on my phone. Yeah, I figured out how that game's played. You just lost it. <clears throat> so, who would like to come up and read one of these? Oh, sir, right in the front. Have you been on an iteration of this show before? Oh, you look familiar. I may have. Yeah. <laughs> This this man is cosplaying for those of you in the in the radio audience. <clears throat> so, sir, um, uh, what is your name? Both of them, yes. <laughs> uh, 
Peter Griffin. Oh. You sound... So convincing, you sound just like him. Thanks, I've been practicing a lot. Well, I just come from Massachusetts, so there you go. Practice done. Anyway, which of these stories would you like? We have some, some great um, Death Note fan fiction. We have... Sorry, what? We're not reading cupcakes. I've already done that one. Um, we have some Ponyo fan fiction. No, no, you're from you're from you're from a town called Quahog. Let's have you read Ponyo loves Sasuke. Oh. Oh wait. <laughs> Ponyo loves Sasuke, as read here by Peter Griffin. I'm going to do some different voices for this. Oh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Oh, you're going to do different voices. You're very talented. He could have sworn that it was a normal goldfish. Did ninja goldfish even exist like ninja dogs did? Because Sasuke could have sworn that it had said his name. He had been keeping it in the one of us. <laughs> a word I cannot pronounce. Empty water bottle. empty water bottle and had transferred it to a bowl for the time being intended to maybe put it in a proper fishbowl eventually and admiring it from a for a while before it moved on. Fish were fish, whatever. Sake! <laughs> he looked down at the little fish. It was bubbly, but it had pretty color. This isn't a Batman story, you know? <laughs> That's how I read Batman stories, but... That's why he had bother taking it out or taking it with him. <laughs> and it's also a family show, thank you, even though I've read some stuff. And it almost seemed to have a human face. It seemed it was smiling at him. He tilted his head slightly in confusion. The fish looked at him exponentially. A little smile on its face. Yeah, definitely a face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's my name. Sasuke! <laughs> the little fish said again and jumped out of the bowl in glee. Pardon! Right, right, hadn't that been what had named the little thing? Because it was so squishy. Uh, sure, Ponyo, Sasuke said. God, he was, he was glad he had, he was alone right now. <laughs> and it, and look at him, talking to a fish. Ponyo, wow, Sasuke! <laughs> what in the hell? The fish was jumping up and out of the bowl again, doing little flips and swimming around in circles, like the city at night. Yeah, it's only 328 words. <laughs> How long has it been since Sasuke had slept? Two? Three days? Yeah, that must have been it. 
He went outside and dumped the fish into the ocean. He didn't need a goldfish. This is getting dark. <laughs> a few days later, pelted by incredible torrents of rain, well, at least Sasuke was enjoying it. Madman. Sasuke and his comrades stopped to take a break on a bluff where the rain wasn't so bad. And when he saw her, a little girl in red, running on the waves, the same color red, the fish same little smile. He could hear her calling to him. Sake! Pablo! Love Sake! Oh hell. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mr. Griffin. Uh, yes, that was a Naruto Ponyo crossover. The first Naruto story, let me say, ever featured on this program in any iteration. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we're like on episode seventy-four. We waited till now to get to it. Yes, you. Yeah. Oh, hold on. You in the back. Yeah, you've been heckling a lot. So come up here. You think you can do this? And uh, you don't. You don't need to do funny voices to read. I'm using my natural one. Yes. Your name, please. Your name. What appears on your birth certificate <laughs> when it says name above it, but just the first one? It says Thomas. Thomas. All right, Thomas. Very good. Uh, we're going to have you read a story here. How about... Uh, let's see. You want to choose? All right, let's see. All these scare me, so I'm not sure. I'm going to choose that one. Okay. Well, it's a Dear Future Husband... A Pokemon story. Oh, oh God! That's what I chose. Hold on, hold on. Wait, is, is this a famous one? No, it's just it's a Pokemon fan. Oh, okay. I just right, I just thought it was like, oh, this is God. This is like the next Biomortal. I'm like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I've read worse, like cupcakes. Wait, 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 wait. Is this what I? Oh. You speaking to that one? Yeah, this yeah. sketch you. Okay. My Future Husband, a Pokemon story, read by Thomas. Now, it's only 626 words. Try not to take as long as Mr. Griffin, okay? <laughs> Dear Future Husband, here's a few things you'll need to know. If you want to be my one and only all my life, a woman's voice cooed and tongue, her magneta flowing. <laughs> Some would pronounce that magenta. Magenta hair flowing. <laughs> behind her as she sorted through a rack of clothing in a store. The man on the next to her raised a brow in question as he lifted a pink sundress off of the rack. What are you singing, Jess? The dumb, the dumb song on the, on the radio. The dumb song on the radio, the cat piped in. <laughs> Cause that's how he talks. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not so easy, is it? <laughs> well, they can smile their mouth comments in the back and <laughs> their cat I feel threatened. <laughs> their cat fucked <laughs> trying to reach a hanging scarf. <coughs> I'm more of a peanut gallery than an actual reader. Yes, yeah, I figured that. <laughs> no kidding, Mouth. 
He rolled his eyes back and flicked a, a stray piece of his lilac hair out of the way. There, picture husband! She beamed as she pulled a jeweled ring off of the display. That reminds me, we should be a married couple today. We haven't done that disguise in a while. Freezing of fear, freezing from fear of the word of marriage, James just star stared at the cheap five-dollar ring, stuttered, "Married? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you already act the part anyway." Glare, glare attacks from the from the two human. Glare attacks from the two humans were shot at the poor cat Pokemon. It's super effective. <laughs> Clogging her cool, Jesse reiterates, It's only for today, James. It's not like we are married. She paused for a second and whispered under her breath, daydreaming, I wonder what that would be like, though. Hearing her thought, James couldn't help but daydream himself. Jesse, I'm home, darling. <laughs> James said as he walked through the front door of his house and hung his jacket on the hanger. Meeting him by the door, Jesse walked out <laughs> walked out in a fuzzy pink robe, grabbing his cheek and she greeting him with a friendly peck on the lips. What did you buy me today? She looked at him in anticipation. Um, I didn't get a chance to. I left work late and I didn't want to come home even later. He explained, fiddling with his collar nervously. She narrowed her eyes. James, you're stupid. Why did I even marry you in the first place? For that mistake, you're cooking dinner and cleaning the entire house single-handedly. Well, but just... He started off. He started, but was cut off. No excuses, just do it. She crossed her arms as he walked to the kitchen to get a head start on dinner. One more thing, what am I? Soaking here wide, beautiful honey. And? And I love you very much. Smiling from ear to ear, she echoed, Good boy, I love you. No, you could just wrap it up after that. Good boy, I love you too. Okay, thank you. That was, that was a good excerpt of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't want to read the rest of that. No, it's not. No, there's a little. No, it's not like they're going in. Here's what else they do. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just James realizing. James going. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> All right, you've already read, Peter. I I bet you do. You in the back though. You you've. Uh, okay. It's not that we—it's not we don't appreciate the peanut gallery here. It's just that—that's uh, the point. Of, I mean, that's the point of the show. But, <laughs> but it's just that you know, uh, I'm gonna call you on your stuff. Okay. Um. So we have a few stories here. Um. Here. Yep. These are just about Death Note. Death Note. All right. We're gonna read. Light sleepy time. <laughs> This this might uh this might this might there you go oh it's only three hundred fifty one words okay we should really handle it okay Let's see. your name by the way that's Christine Christine okay pleasure to meet you Christine my name's uh, Leopold so here we go not really but <laughs> it's like beautiful light 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 you're going get up I groaned what 
like, what, L? Why must you wake me up? I was having a pleasant dream about, uh, stuff. I sat up in bed as he started going off about being low on Swedes and how he absolutely need to go replenish his stock at 8 a.m. We, we ate gummy bears, chocolate bars, cookies, and lots and lots of cake mix, cause light makes the best cake ever, he said, shouting the last bit. I thought through my options and then punched him in the face. Having him fall off the bed, we are, sh we are sharing at my parents' house for the time being, then successfully buried my head in my pillow, until he then grabbed me and flipped me on my back, pinning my wrist to the headboard with both hands. Jeez! Oh, oh, oh. oh, wow. Uh, hold on. I did check this. I was like, go on. I think okay. we should be okay. He looked me in the eye, trying to look demanding, and it probably would have worked if I wasn't so sore and sleep deprived. Like you got me, we need to go get my sweets. <laughs> no, L, you want us to get you some. You, uh, uh, no, L, you want us to get you guess get you some sweets, but you won't die of sweet deprivation if you let me sleep another hour. Why don't you go make some real food like eggs or something before you wake my parents up with your incessant antics? I tried to pull my arms out of his grip, but I was taken by surprise when his lips found mine. <laughs> he pushed his tongue into my mouth, exploring it like he, wasn't, like he hasn't a million times. He put my wrists in one hand and used the other to hold my chin up and uh, tip it back. I stopped struggling and kissed back lightly, gently peeling my hands away and sliding them in his hair. He gently pulled away, looking in my sleepy, soft eyes and then groaned, Now even I don't want to let leave bed, you adorable, sleepy bastard, brooding my plans. I had to laugh softly at that. So, will you wait? I'm still sore from last night, Mister. You laughed a little bit smugly. Sure, go to sleep, beautiful. The end. <laughs> Why? Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> Why? Why do all my fan fictions end up like this? I I I read I read I read this one story. Uh, you might have heard of it. It was on Gizmodo. It was called Conquered by Clippy. And uh, oh, if you haven't heard of it, the the man who wrote it allowed me to do the audio debut of it on my website. So you, however, you can go to it in about how old are you? Yeah, about five years you can go listen to that story. <laughs> Till such time, mm-mm. We're going to have Naruto person come up. Now, I notice, actually, that you have two tails. Yes, I do. Why, why are you the twin-tailed fox? Are you hanging out with the, the hot hedgehog there with the... Uh, I don't know. Why not? Why not? Okay, so you don't even know. I don't even know. I saw it. I was like, I'm going to wear that. You're aware that. All right. <clears throat> Well, we've read, I think, some of the dirtier stories. Like my new couch by Naruto. <laughs> I mean, Naruto story. I'm not going to probably do the whole thing. Oh, God. What? Well, because it's 800 words. Eight, wow. That's a lot. Yeah, we're not reading the whole thing, so go on. Oh, pity.
Well, I mean, <laughs> Peter Griffin took three years to read freaking 300 words. Sorry. I didn't know it would take... Like, don't, don't, don't go into a fan fiction show. <laughs> Unless you want to read, like... Today we're going to read Hop on Pop. <laughs> three hours later, and then he hopped on Pop. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Oh, God, that's another... Like my new couch, yes. Hi. A young modder woke up feeling very excited. He learned a few new stone skipping techniques and was eager to rub them in. How do you say that? You're the one who watches this show! Face. He frowned. Harishima was immediately a better stone skipper than he was, so obviously he knew them already. It was false, we had to wear two layers of clothing to go outside. So he walked out the door and went through the forest wearing his usual attire and gray jacket on top. It was abnormally bright day and he had to squint to not be blinded by the light. He walked for about 10 minutes until he walked across the usual meeting place, the river. It was so small, so small you can debate that it was... <laughs> Off to the side was a large rock or mountain that him and Harshara usually sat upon. He smiled. This would be a great day. He just knew it would be... Looking around, he noticed his friend wasn't there yet. Oh, well, maybe he came a little early, so he sat down on the grass and waited for a few minutes. At about ten minutes, he com complicated standing. Personally, for making him place. wait so long. <laughs> yes, that's what he would do. Another five minutes went by, and Madara got concerned. One of his friends had trouble because of... Where? Where? Well, I was concerned. Hold on. You went too far. Down. Yeah, I went too far. <laughs> When I started this show, <laughs> what if his friend got in trouble? trouble because of him? He shook his head. Why would he get in trouble for hanging out with him? He heard footsteps and peeked down the path. Harishima usually took. No one was there. What? He turned around and saw movement coming from the path he normally took. Must have been his father. Wait, his father wouldn't come unless something important happened. Did it involve Harishima? Ridiculous. Only because of if he was a senju. Mother's eyes widened as he realized that must have been the reason. Remembering that Harsh wasn't here a moment on a breath of sigh, unfortunately, he spoke too soon. He turned around to see none other than him. Gah, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know you watch this show! <laughs> I've never seen an episode of Naruto, so I don't know. It's Hash, Hashi, Hashiyama. Hashirima. Yeah, Hashirama. Shut up. That's a different show. God, what are you doing here? He's gonna see you, Madara Yoda, his friend. Before Hashirama could reply, he was hit in the head with the rock. More importantly, Madara's knocked him unconscious. Excuse me a sec. It wasn't a rock. <laughs> Nothing from Peter Griffin. Okay, go on. <laughs> I took him by surprise. Madara knocked him unconscious with the stone he was carrying. Madara blinked at what he just did. He could tell Hashirama to run away, but apparently he had to hit him in the head. With the rock nonetheless panicking, he realized he had to take action. Quickly, he took off the gray jacket he was wearing over his clothes and placed it over the form of his unconscious friend. I don't He's like where this is going. <laughs> Neither do I. I have small children who just entered the room. Oh, they left. <laughs> <laughs> they ran. <laughs> he then sat on his friend as if it was a couch to draw attention away from him. Why is this happening? Madara thought as he sat there. Expectedly, his father came up from the force and looked at him. Madara, he said, y y yes, father. He replied nervously. May I ask what this is? He asked. His father asked as he pointed to the lump underneath Madara. 
Oh, this thing, it's my uh, new couch. Yes, do you like it? His father brings the new couch. He stepped closer to his son and inspected it a bit more. Looked like a coat draped over a lump rather than a couch. Was his son always this weird? Son, do you think I'm an idiot? He replied after about five minutes of staring. Madara paused. He was about to say yes, but Sakusa said no. Pa Uchiha noticed this sounding like a question then, then an answer. His, his son thought he was an idiot. Do you expect me to leave this is a couch? He asked, sounding rather annoyed. Of course, Marder replied, posing in a more comfortable way in the couch. Sighing, his father continued. Well, it isn't a couch. It's more like a bench. Eh? Oh, yeah, you're right. <sighs> he knew... Oh, Marder replied. He knew his dad was stupid, but not this stupid. His eyes widened when he felt personal pain gain unconsciousness beneath him. May I take a seat? His father asked him. Oh no, this was bad. He was bound to find about Harishima if he saw him. More or less, he didn't want his best friend to be turned into a pancake. Without getting an answer, the Uchiha head walked over the mother on the bench slash couch slash Harishima. Harishima heard him walk over and wiggle free underneath Madara. Harishima managed to get out from underneath Madara and breathe heavily. After it, it was hard to breathe while under the best friend. Despite this, he still sprinted away at the speed of sound. Oh hell no! Harishima yelled. <laughs> Will Smith as Harishima. Upon <laughs> seeing Harishima run away, Madara's fault. Only certain thing. Since when can benches do that? It was amazing. This guy was the head of the Jihad clan. Thank you. I was hoping that'd be really dirty and like dark, but no, it's a couch. No, it's about a couch. May I please? Hold on. Well, we're almost, we're almost, we're almost out of here. So hold on a sec. Let me see if I can find something necessarily short we can do for you. That's three hundred something words. Why? Not all stories can be dark and depressing. That was just about a couch. Come on, you can come up now. We have a story for you. I found a story for you. This is called. Panyo's Adventure. Your name, please, by the way. Um, Sam. Sam. And by the way, who is the uh, two-tailed fox? Your name? She doesn't know her name. Sam, so I just need you to... <laughs> so, like, what anime is this from? This is from Ponyo, the little that. fish under the sea, okay. who eventually uh, was... Which was the prequel to Pacific Rim, actually. Uh, really? It was. Because she she caused madness and she first of all got the taste of human blood oh. and enjoyed it oh. and then she wanted and craved mm -hmm. ham and then after she went back to her dimension hundreds of years later the Pacific Rim happens anyway this is a pleasant story <laughs> that's pretty short that we can get here oh, it's called okay. Ponyo's Adventure read by Sam here <coughs> Are you gonna do a funny voice because it's okay but keep it consistent. This is a short beginning of my story, and I hope you like it. I am going to write more. Oh, sorry, second. That's an author's note. You see, <laughs> unlike in regular books, where if you want to find out what the author thought about the story, you have to either guess or read an interview, in fan fiction, they like to include right inside what they were thinking. Go on. Today is going to be a good day because Ponyo wanted to visit Sasuke. Sasuke. In this morning, Sasuke's mother wanted him 
waked him. Waked him with breakfast in the bed. It smelled very good when Sasuke opened his eyes when he went to school. Everyone smiled to him and said hello. A sad hello. Oh, a sad hello. <laughs> I don't know why they... Sad hello. The sun was shining. It was so... Everything was perfect. But the happy world turned into a bad one fast. Because when the Salska... Whatever his name... Salska, yeah. Okay. Sitting on... The shore for waiting for it, Ponyo. In the shore. Oh. He was in the shore. Oh. Go on. Something going on. Yes. Go on. The sky turned into gray. Fifty shades of it. <laughs> you are twelve. <laughs> you don't know what that. that just, this is what's wrong with this country. Yeah, not on that. We need to educate you to read books. Now, you've already started out well by not dressing up like a homestuck. I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, I'm reading. Yes, you're reading. <laughs> Holy cow. Wait, where am I? The sky turned into gray, and then you decided to improvise. And it was cold to go see the waves. And Selska couldn't see Ponyo anywhere. His mother called him. Selska! Come in! Come in! went went to his house and the rain started. Thank you. That, well, what that was that even about? Ponyo's adventure, apparently. Now, the person said at the beginning they'd write more, but it's been oh. ten years, so I figured they were done. They didn't write in ten years. That they wrote 135 words, six, so 336 words. That was 136. Right there. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years. Ten years. They did that. Ten years. Are you inspired to maybe you could do better? You want me to fill in the blanks? No, 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 no. I think we're done. <laughs> the story ended the way they. But you can fill in your own blanks oh. by writing your own story. Oh. And then emailing me at fanfixshow. Okay. At gmail.com, oh, and maybe I'll read it on the air. Uh, All right, there you go. No, we got we got like a few minutes left, so I'm gonna finish it off. Yeah, sorry. We we, I I don't have another. Well, I mean, I have this 136 word story he just finished, which would be great to have. Where's my? There it is. <laughs> this sorry, this double screen is a little tricky for someone from the 1930s. <clears throat> As I make sure to keep character all time. For our last story. I'm going to read for you Elle's Babysitting Adventure, a Death Note story. <clears throat> Mello, stop that, Elle commanded as he continued rocking a very upset near. Mello was coloring on the wall while Matt sat on the floor beside him, mindlessly playing his Game Boy. It seemed the only one who wanted to behave today. No look, Mello shouted and stepped aside to reveal his less than impressive in drawing of what somewhat resembled Whammy's house. What the heck am I reading? <laughs> Sorry. L stopped to himself, shifting the weight off the still screaming toddler in his arms. When 
is Anna coming home? Whammy had taken Anna into town to get medicine for Nia, leaving Elle with a fussy two-year-old and two rambunctious five-year-olds. Now, between the crying, screaming, and repetition of the Super Mario theme song, Elle was slowly being driven insane. Why had he agreed to watch these three? He would have gone with Whammy and left Anna to watch them. He, she was so much better at this than he was. Elle shifted Nia once again, moving him into an awkward position with the little one's back pressed against his chest. This caused Nia to drop his formerly Anna bear to the floor, and Nia began to cry even more. Out of frustration, Elle grabbed Mello's hand, forcing the crayons out of it, and began to drag him away. I think it's time you three to a nap. Mello gripped the back of Matt's shirt, choking the gamer in training, in an attempt to prevent Elle from dragging him off. No, I'm not tired. I want to play. Tell him, Matt. Matt was too busy shuffling to his feet to prevent himself from being choked to death by his friend to tell Elle anything. Elle continued to pull three down the hall. Elle... Elle's head shot up at the sound of his name to find Anna watching, looking, very amused by the doorway. Her arms were crossed over her chest, and she held a plastic bag on her wrist. I leave you alone with them for an hour, and they drive you insane? She giggled, taking a seat next to her friend. She placed the grocery bag down beside her and took out a box containing the medicine that would, Elle prayed, make Nia stop crying. Once she was done prepping what looked like a syringe without a needle, Anna held her arms out to L, give me my kid. The 16-year-old didn't hesitate to follow through with the request, particularly throwing the child onto Anna's lap. As soon as Nia was in her arms, he calmed ever, ever so slightly. She brought her knees up lightly, propping Nia up and held the measuring stick up. Open up, Nia, she commanded. Realizing what was happening, Nia clasped his tiny hands over his mouth to keep it out. Anna set the syringe down and j gently pried Nia's hands away from his mouth. L, could you? L took the hint and held Nia's arms down to his side. Anna took up medicine and held Nia's face to her free hand and shot the liquid in. Anna held her hand through her head gently. I know it's yucky, but it makes you feel better. She placed him back in a crib and glanced at L, who was still on the floor. L, where are Matt and Mello? Light concern laced Anna's voice. L looked away for a moment, debating on lying then turned back at her. I locked them in their rooms to take naps, he admitted. Anna watched them for a minute, before shaking her head to contain the laughter that was bubbling up in her chest. Anna offered Elle her hand and helped him up. Come on, you. Let's go let them out. The end. So, that, that's just a small sample as to some of the fine programming that you'll hear on this show, Fan Fiction Playhouse. I see the room got a lot fuller. As if you're waiting for either in anticipation, your friends ran out and said, you've got to be at this fan fiction panel. It's amazing. Or you're waiting for the next panel to come in. Anyway, for those of you who were broadcast today, you can follow us on this program. Email us at fanfixshow at gmail.com. Find us on the iTunes and the Stitcher or wherever you get your fine podcast reads. Um, also, you can send your telegraphs to fanfixshow at gmail.com. Uh, thank you very much. My name is Ben Leopold Cook, and don't take any wooden nickels. Good night.